0: Hey, it's Ben here, and welcome back to Revival on the Air today. Today, I have a guest from another country. David interviews Pastor Aquila, who's from Fiji. And Pastor Aquila wasn't always a pastor, he wasn't born a pastor. Before he came to know God, he was a drinking, smoking, womanizing man. And God miraculously changed him when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a great story, and I know you enjoy it. God bless.
1: Okay, this is the Revival in the Air Today podcast, where we talk about healings, miracles, and the miraculous side of knowing the Lord. And while we're in Adelaide at the International Revival Fellowship Convention, we're trying to catch up with as many people as we can from interstate and overseas. And today, it's a real honor to have Pastor Aquila from Fiji. I had the pleasure of Pastor Aquila staying at my house this week. And Pastor Kule, welcome to the Revival on the Air podcast. Yeah, Bula, as we say in Fiji. Thank you for coming to Adelaide. Thank you for coming to talk to us. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, how did you come to know the
2: Lord? Well, it was way back in 1985 when I returned from my first trip overseas, working with the military in the, the land of Israel. Uh, when I st- started to search the Lord in earnest, and uh, I ended up... Uh, the funeral of one of the sisters in the Revival Fellowship, I don't know then, and they shared to me about the Gospel. Then this is what I was missing. What was it that they said that made you interested? Well, the very first thing I saw that they were not involved in uh, drinking kava as a traditional drink in Fiji, and the smoking. Uh, they were totally different bunch of people in that uh, funeral. So. I then start asking questions and they uh, replied right from the scriptures. So to me, this is what was missing from me because I've been praying a lot. I've been doing everything that I could to have a change in life. And when they told me that uh, if I receive the Holy Spirit, everything will change. So I followed them after the funeral up until I attended to my first Sunday meeting. And it was after that Sunday meeting, I was totally convicted that I need to receive the the Holy Spirit. So did you have a Christian upbringing? Well, I was brought up in a Methodist uh, family. My father was a lay preacher. Even my mother, I could still think of every morning my mother used to pray at three o'clock in the morning. And to me, that's a standard that I want to emulate in my life as I grew up. Unfortunately, my father passed away when I was still in class two, age of eight. Then I was brought up by my mother up until when I became an adult, entered the workforce, joined the military, went to uh, Israel and see all the holy sites, pray in Bethlehem, in Jerusalem, but nothing happened. So to me, there was something that I still miss out on. But you, you knew that you had a...
1: A belief in God. You had an understanding of scripture, you had an understanding of Israel and the Holy Land and history, but there was still something that was missing that you saw something at this
2: funeral. Yes, I, I, I thought that when I went to Israel everything will change in my life, but nothing changed. I knew God when I was a young boy. Up until then, then someone shared to me the same scriptures that I used to read in the Sunday school, but this time and I totally believe that uh, Jesus is real, the Holy Spirit is real. Because in the matters we we'll normally commemorate every other day of Pentecost. But uh, telling me that I can be filled with the Holy Spirit just as in the day of Pentecost, that really changed the way I look at the Bible. And I was really looking forward to be prayed upon. So tell me about the first meeting you went to. Well, I went to a Sunday, first Sunday meeting after Sunday meeting the preacher preached everything from the bible then uh the, after the meeting they asked me if i want to receive the holy spirit i put my hands up they prayed for me on the sunday but i didn't receive because my mind uh was thinking elsewhere and then it took me another few days before i attended the next house meeting and that's when uh, i totally surrendered my life after a few minutes of been praying for i received the holy spirit speaking in tongues and things changed from that night. Did you know straight away? I, I totally agreed that uh, I received the power of the Holy Spirit. It was like from my head to my toe, I could feel it, my whole body. The things that I thought that I couldn't live totally that night, it was taken away from me. So what happened? What happened next? Well, I, I could say that that night when I went home, I I just want to, Sought allowed to tell the people that I've changed, you know, things have changed. You Not know, like before. The drinking, smoking, even humanizing just left me. And I no longer have the taste of it. So did you know that? Were you aware of that
1: straight away? I feel different? Or was it something that later on you started to
2: think, I haven't done this? No, to me it was straight away that night. That night. That night. Instantly after I received the Holy Spirit, all those thoughts were taken away from me. I knew that I'm a totally new person altogether. And this was 1985? 1985. 14th of March, 1985. That's my spiritual birthday. Can I ask you how old you were? Uh, I think I was going to uh, turn 21 that year. 21. You're a young man. I'm a young man. You've just come back from overseas? I just came back from overseas. And also, that day, my career changed. Your career changed? Yes. And what do you mean? Well, in me, when I joined the military, I want to become a military officer. But that night, things changed from becoming a regular army officer to be a reservist, because I want to spend more time in the fellowship, learning from uh, those who've been in the Lord for some time. Getting involved in church activities, and I I put a plan just between God and me. Next five years, I will try and gain as much as I could from the things of the Lord. Okay, so 1985, what was the fellowship like in
1: Fiji at the time?
2: Well, I can still remember in Fiji, there were only a few fellowships in Fiji at the time, maybe four small centers, Suba was one. Oembao, Singatoka, and uh, Lebuka. That's all I could think of. And how many people? Was it a big fellowship or uh, small groups? Just small groups, like house meeting sizes
1: Yes. from 20 to 30. And what did you notice about the, the fellowship, the church? Compared with your upbringing, you already had a Christian upbringing, what did you notice about the Revival Fellowship Church that was different for you?
2: Well, to me, when I received the Holy Spirit, I look at uh, Revival Fellowship as a totally different uh, church. It's unique in uh, how they practice uh, uh, the Bible in their lives. And I was drawn into it. And to me, this is where I belong to. And from that day, I know this is my family. And uh, after a month, I left my natural family. I told them I'm going to uh, go to my new family, the Revival Fellowship. So since then, from 1985, I never regret what I did until today. It's almost 40 years. I never went back to my natural family. So I totally believe this is the family that God gave me. I got married in the fellowship. I have children and now I'm having grandchildren. So I just love every moment. When did you get married? I got married in 1992. I met my wife in 1990. How did you meet um, Uh, your wife, Malika? Well, I I could say it was uh, first love at first sight. Even though during those uh, early seven years in the Lord as a bachelor, there were many young girls that came across my life. But because I already made a plan with God, forget about uh, marriage for these next five years, i just concentrate on trying to get as much as i could uh, from the word and uh, from doing work for the church and after i've accomplished uh, that first part of my plan and i was thinking oh, maybe i should look for a partner so when this sister came to the lord fill the holy spirit on that night when i looked at her to me she's the one but it took me another year to Confirmed that oh, she'll be my partner for life. So uh, I never spoke to any young girl during all, all those years. And she was the only one that I spoke to, and she said, yes. So that was it. And you look pretty happy about it. I look pretty happy about it, <laughs> even until now, as we speak. So you've
1: been in the fellowship for a long time now. You've known the Lord. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. What are some of the things that have happened to you and to the people around you in that time?
2: well i couldn't tell the many miracles uh, that the lord has uh, performed in my life and also to the lives of those that i came into contact with Uh, i I never dreamt that i'll become a pastor one day all i knew is that to give my my life my time uh, for the lord's work i used to follow the pastors around if they go to a meeting i i used to volunteer to carry their luggage and doing all sorts of things but to me and that's the best way I, I, I could learn uh, from those who are already in the Lord. So I, I gained a lot uh, from following them, listening to them, having conversations. Up until when uh, I got married, I told my wife that we need to move out of Suba, where we both started off to a new place altogether. So in 1997, we moved to Lambasa uh, to start a new fellowship my wife and now two small girls. The eldest was uh, four at the time and the young one was about one year plus. So I could still well remember our first Sunday meeting there in that new place. We all dressed up just like we were going to church with the ties and everything. So we followed the normal Sunday meeting process from chorusing right to prayer line. The use of gifts only so the two of us we using that. And I asked my four-year-old daughter whether she can be our first chorus leader. So she was our first chorus leader on our first Sunday meeting on this new place. And how big is the assembly there now? So after 20 years, uh, there are three problems in that part of Fiji. So we have over 300 people in the assembly now.
1: 300 people. Yeah. What is it about the way that we talk to people, we go out to you, you've gone to this place to have a start a new church. you've started to talk to them about the Lord, the scripture, the experience. What is the thing do you think that draws the people to you to to want to find out more about the Lord?
2: Well, I could say that my wife was really an evangelist. she was the one who goes around knocking on doors even talking to people in the market, in the public places. And uh, she started to uh, bring in people. So I was ready to uh, finish off uh, the work from there, teaching them, praying for them, confirming uh, what they've got, follow-ups, contact meetings. So to uh, bring people, I could say my wife was doing those hard yards herself. So uh, that's how our church initially uh, started in Lambasa. So I, I could say that uh, our partner, our sister, uh, played a big role uh, in the start of the church. Even now, she still, still loves to do the same thing that she started off with. So I normally uh, encourage her if you can uh, come up with uh, three sisters like you, oh, there will be great revival. Uh, in, in the north. <laughs> and uh, what about in your own life? What do you
1: think uh, has been the biggest miracle for you, either as a person or in your family or in the people around you? What's the mir- biggest miracle that you've seen?
2: Well, the, the new place where we went to, compared to other places in Fiji, it was the last, uh, I could say, the last uh, place to uh, to allow Christianity into their land. But where I come from, from the eastern province, uh the first minister, missionaries landed there and they started the work in the whole country in Fiji. But this province, uh in the north, Madwata, they were they were the last to agree to uh allow Christianity to come into their province. But praise the Lord, the Lord is changing things. These people are now like uh frontliners in uh taking the good news uh, to the rest of the Fiji group at the moment. And I could say the Lord performs a lot of miracles in the lives of those who uh, came and repented. Uh, They were suffering from all types of sickness, diabetes. Uh, Most of them were just uh, about to die and and the Lord uh, resurrected them, uh, get them healed. And uh, in some of our villages where we now have the church, it started with a healing miracle in uh, uh, one of the villages. I could An example is in one of the uh, villages, there was a lady who uh, gave birth twice, but uh, a child uh, died after three days. On the third occasion where she was almost nine months pregnant, she was seeking for solution. And she met her sister in the Lord, and uh, the sister told her that the, to come to church. So on that Sunday, I asked this lady what's her problem, and she uh, told me the story that even her husband was not ready to buy the napkins uh, because he knew after three days uh, our child will be taken uh, away. But praise the Lord, I told her all you need is the Holy Spirit. So she prayed for on the Sunday, received the Holy Spirit, got baptized. A week later, she gave birth in the hospital and the doctors knew about uh, her stories but they were surprised after three days the baby was still there and they inquired what have you done and uh, she started to share her personal testimony and uh, praise the lord that uh, her daughter is still alive until today it's 18 years old today Uh, it's uh, at the university so uh, the whole village came to know the Lord through them, and uh, praise the Lord, we have a church in that village. As we speak, and in another village, there was this lady who was uh, suffering from diabetes. All her hair have been, uh, lost her hair. She was uh, uh, growing tiny, and uh, she was about to die. Then she heard the gospel. She had been carried to the hall for the meeting, prayed for after prayer. She could uh, receive the strength that she had lost. And uh, all the hairs have returned back. And she managed to uh, gain her weight again. And to the surprise of the husband, they've been separated for a few months in the same house. They were both the, the husband was paralyzed. She was suffering from diabetes. So they were just lying in their own rooms and they were just... Having that conversation for months without seeing each other. So the husband was surprised that uh, the next day the wife was there greeting him. And the husband thought, Hey, are you the real, you are my real wife or not? Yeah, I'm your real wife. <laughs> so later on, the husband also came and received the Holy Spirit and he was healed. So that's another miracle happening in that village. So, so right. Yeah. So when a,
1: when a miracle happens, it's not just about one person gets their healing
2: because you're saying news travels fast. Yes, definitely. News travels fast. So, so people want to be part of uh, what has happened because in almost every village there are people who are sick and they also need the miracles. They need healings. But at the same time, our answers to them is just allow yourself to receive the power. The power from from God, and and God will provide you your miracle. The church will not give you miracles. I will not give you miracles. It is the power of of the Holy Spirit. So we we started to see these things happen in almost every village that we attend to. So as you know, in Fiji, there are more than 300 islands. So even though maybe 100 are not, uh, but we still have a lot of work to do before the Lord's return. What about miracles in your own life? well i was a very sick young man when i grew up in my village i used to be taken to the witch doctors the witch doctors yes, yes. because my parents they say they were just ghosts but they still believe in witch doctors <laughs> so i end up being saved by witch doctors i could remember my first trip before my first trip overseas my mother took me to a witch doctor uh, just to tell tell her that oh i'll be all right uh i will not die in the battlefield So (laughs) all I know, I could remember that the doctor was smoking and at the same time, he uh, tell us uh, about my life. But when I received the Holy Spirit and I thought of all these things, they were all rubbish and, you know, uh, people were just uh, playing games against one another. So uh, the real miracle, when I was spirit filled, those sicknesses never came back to me. I got stronger. And even at times I got sick, I just used to bring in the Holy Spirit and I got ill. Even my first uh, child, daughter, uh, she was born as an uh, asthmatic. It worries us as parents in the middle of the night when they cry and uh, sort of breath. You feel hopeless as a parent? I feel hopeless, yes. So I could remember one night, my uh, mother-in-law was so worried. Uh, she told us oh, she's gonna have, get some hot water uh, to uh, sponge my daughter but when she left I, I just sit up hold on to my guitar and just play some music and all of a sudden my daughter went to sleep so that was it so she was totally, she was healed <laughs> and, she uh, was healed from you playing yeah, the, the, just playing the uh, songs songs so I, I could remember that song, like uh, something to d- do with uh, a merry heart, do it good like a medicine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so was how old was your daughter then? Well, she was just a few months old. Months old. But uh, later on in life, she still have that uh, sickness. Then she herself uh, prayed uh, in earnest to the Lord after the day when she received the Holy Spirit at nine years old. That sickness never came back. So was she on medicines? Was she seeing the doctor? Uh, yes, she, she, was seeing, she was seeing the doctor. But after receiving the Holy Spirit, the sickness left her totally. Until now, she's over 30 years old. So 30 years old. So that's more than 20 years old. 20 years old. And,
1: uh, more than 20 years ago that uh, she received the Holy Spirit, the sickness left her. There's a pattern here because you're saying to people, well, we could pray for
2: miracle, but let's pray for the Holy Spirit, and then let the Holy Spirit do the job. Yeah, so to me, we can tell people, or you can do this, you can do that. But what I learned is uh, the only solution to any problem is first and foremost, uh, we have to tell them that you need to receive the the power of the Holy Spirit. So once they're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit takes control from that day onwards. And I believe that the Word of God will come alive in, in, their, in their hearts and minds when they start reading. That's an interesting perspective
1: because some people, if we know someone who's sick, we would say to them, hey, we will pray for you and we'll pray for the miracle. Whereas you're saying, hey, let's pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit, let God fix it, let the Holy Spirit fix it.
2: I, I think it, it's the way we relay the message to whosoever is uh, seeking for a solution, I normally assure them. If you receive the Holy Spirit, you will not be looking for solution elsewhere. So even if a member of the family is sick, you know where to go to. So the Holy Spirit will take control of your situation. I'm not saying that the hospital or the doctor is not uh, good, no. They are there for a reason. But for me, as a spirit-filled believer, I, I totally believe that uh, first thing first. Jesus said in Matthew 6:33, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." So He knows all our problems. He knows everything that we need. He'll never deny. But if we put Him first in our life, love. Thy God with all your hearts, with all your minds, with all your power. I think that's our priority. Amen.
1: I'm interested. One more question. I'm interested because today I've spoken to people from South Africa, PNG, New Zealand, Fiji. You've traveled around the world. So are there a difference in the way that our culture looks at this in terms of miracles? Because in some parts of the world, there seems to be a bigger acceptance of the Lord being able to do a miracle, and some parts of the world, they don't believe that. And in Australia, there's a lot of people that just don't believe that. But does that change the way that you would talk to people? Would you talk to them in a different way if you were trying to talk to them about the Lord, talk to them about healing? Would you approach it differently or would you just say, no, seek first the kingdom of God?
2: Well, as you say, that, uh, everything hinges on uh, culture and traditions uh we need to really understand where they're coming from and uh then will help us to start up uh the conversation about how we get to to the problem that they're facing i can only speak for my people because uh, fiji almost every part of fiji you go to they understand uh you know uh a God, they have churches. But what is lacking is the full gospel, the gospel of truth. And sometimes you spend time, you know, digging around the bush. it's not help. Because they already have an awareness about God. So they only need us to tell them, this is, what I think, what is lacking in you. Uh, we, we go straight to the point. And uh, to me, I learned that lesson. You learnt it as a young man. As a young man, yes. So once once you tell them straight, I, I believe this is what you should do right now. And uh, if if they believe and hearken to it, well, the Lord will surely hear their prayers. It uh, will uh, give them the solution that they're seeking for.
1: We're going to finish in just in a minute. But before I finish, I just want to ask you last words. Is there anything? I don't want you to walk out of this door and think, oh, I should have said this to David. We're, talking, we're doing this podcast about miracles and healings. Any last words for us?
2: Well, I, I totally believe the solution to the many problem diseases that are in the, in the world today is very uh, straightforward from the Lord's word. And if we apply it uh, according uh, to the way he presented it, the people will be more receptive to uh, listen to it and uh, follow it. But I I totally believe that we are the one who should be living the gospel. And uh, the way I look at the gospel, it's like a verb. It's all doing words. Doing. Yes. So, uh, no work, (laughs) faith is dead. (laughs) So, I think if you say something, and you are the one who should practice it. So, if you cannot do it, if you cannot practice, then it will be nailed and void. People will not be able to believe that you're telling them, the right solution. So the way I look at the Revival Fellowship uh, all over the world, places I travel to, that we share the same gospel, we act upon the same gospel, uh, the unity amongst us, says, brethren, I know uh, we need each other, we need to uh, to pray for one another, wherever you are, you know, uh, the Lord will take your prayers to wherever you uh, tell him, because he's more ready to fulfill His promises to His uh, chosen ones. This might be my last question. You talked
1: about the Lord could heal all manner of sicknesses. What about in your community and in your society? When people come to know the Lord, like for example, you talked about a whole village wanting to know the Lord. How does that change the village?
2: Well, the way I look at villages today are just like Jericho in the Old Testament times. They already built walls around villages. And uh, to me, the very people who build walls are religion. So they are the one who dictating things instead of the chiefs, who are supposed to look after their own people. So it's like a barrier uh, for the gospel to go into villages because we have all this type of religion already building their own walls around the village, claiming that they belong to them. But The praise the Lord. (laughs) Uh, The Lord has proven to Joshua and his uh, army that uh, uh, they can still break through those walls if they follow his commandments. And that's need a lot from us, uh, praying together, saying the same thing, walking together and uh, sounding the trumpet. And I believe that uh, if we uh, sound the same trumpets, uh, those walls will collapse one day. And we'll start to get uh, revival in those places that uh, it seemed like uh, a mountain or barrier for us to penetrate through. So, without using our own power, just as Zachariah chapter 4, verse 6, it's not by might, it's not by our own power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. You have a wonderful chief that's looking after you, Lord. Oh, yes, I, I totally agree. The Lord is our, our great chief, and whatever he commands us to do, we should be more willing uh, to, to follow those commands. Okay, thank you, Pastor Aquila. Thank you for coming to Adelaide.
1: Thank you for coming to the convention. Thank you for sharing your story today. And we hope to see
0: you again. God bless you.
2: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure.
0: Wasn't that great? Uh, I love hearing stories about how people are just picked up and turned around and sent on a completely different path, one that involves God at the centre. Thanks, Pastor Aquila, for sharing your story. If you want to know more, please reach out to us at podcast at revivalontheairtoday.com or contact us via social media. Just search for Revival on the Air today. Until next time, God bless.